0: You are listening to a Cold Lake Community Church podcast. We hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families connect. Well, today is Palm Sunday. And uh, I'm not going to preach a message on Palm Sunday today, but uh, uh, it's today commemorates when Jesus came into Jerusalem, his triumphal entry into Jerusalem, where they cut down palm trees and spread them in the pathway for him to come in. He came in on a on a donkey, and uh, they even took off their coats and put it in front of the donkey as they were going, so that they made a pathway for him. And they were singing Hosanna to the king, uh, Hosanna to the Lord in the highest. And uh, they, pro- they were proclaiming him king. Um, short while after that, he came into the city again for Passover. And you know how they had the last supper and, and uh, he went out into the garden to pray and they arrested him. And they crucified him, and that's what we're going to be commemorating uh, next Friday. And uh, But um, we serve a great, big, wonderful God. And uh, as we were singing today, all of the songs, they sort of just preparing us for the message this morning. From Romans chapter 3, verses 1 to 18, and um, I've entitled it, God is Faithful. God is faithful. Uh, In the second chapter of Romans, God God in his word laid out his requirements for his people, what he desires for us to do. And uh, that is to be doers of the law and not just hearers. And James sort of uh, reinforces that And reading from the New Living Translation, you don't have that that overhead, but um, in James chapter 1, verse 22, says, Don't just listen to God's word, you must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourself. And so, just because you have the law of God, do not mean that this is enough to be justified in God's sight. Just because you own a Bible does not justify you in God's sight. God will justify those who obey his words. Those who are, as the word says, circumcised in heart, not the cutting of the flesh, the old covenant of, of the, the Jewish old covenant where everyone, every Jew had to be male, had to be circumcised. But the, uh, it's a heart condition, is a condition of the heart where you submit to Christ. This is the line of, uh, of thinking that leads into what Paul is writing in chapter 3. And the first point I want to make is that advantage does not guarantee salvation. You'll get to understand what I'm talking about as we go through there. First, let's read Romans chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. What then is the advantage of being a Jew? Is there any value in the ceremony of circumcision? And Paul answers, yes. There are great benefits. First of all, the Jews were entrusted with the whole revelation of God. Paul poses a question that any religious Jewish person would ask. If we are condemned along with the Gentiles, and this is, we've already gone through this in the the first two uh, chapters of Romans, But they would say, well, if we are condemned along with the Gentiles, what's the advantage? What is the value of being a Jew or of being circumcised if we are also condemned with the Gentiles? And Paul's answer is much in every way. The Jews were entrusted with the whole revelation of God. Paul's answer is that, The oracles of God, the scriptures, the word of God. This is what the Jews were entrusted with. Jesus, the word, became flesh. He was born a Jew. And so Jesus clearly stated that he came to reveal the heavenly father. We pick it up in John chapter 14, verses 9 to 10. Jesus replied, Have I not been with you all of this time, Philip? And yet you still don't know me. You don't know who I am. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show you him? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I speak are not my own, but the Father who lives in me. He does, does his work through me. And when you read the Gospels, as Adam said, and that is very beautiful, I, I, let me just say, I am so proud of, 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 of the people that God is raising up in this church right now. It is something awesome for a pastor to look on and see. We have so many people that are are hearing from God and they're doing things in the church and it's all coming together. It's going to bear fruit, my friends. And as Adam was saying, as Adam was saying, you know, uh, they they went through Matthew as a foundation for everything else that they're going to be doing that the Gospels are foundational. And so when Jesus was on this earth, he was continually revealing the Father. You know, a lot of people, they don't want to mention Jesus. They don't want to acknowledge Jesus. You can, you can say God all you like, but don't say Jesus. They don't want to hear of the Holy Spirit. When you talk of the Holy Spirit, that's, oh, that's woo, 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 way out there. You know, but it's God the Father, God the Son and God the Holy Spirit, it's the Trinity, it's the three and one. And Jesus came to reveal the Father more than any other thing, it was to reveal God, the Father, the one that we pray to, the one that we seek, the one who is the Creator, God. And so. This is a valid question. If God is is impartial and judges justly, then why did God even bother having a special people? What was the advantage of being a Jew? Paul will enlarge on this further in Romans, but listen to what Paul is saying here. The advantage is that they were given or entrusted with something that the rest of the world did not know anything about, they did not have, the very words of God. God chose Abraham, and and through his descendants, God was revealing himself to the world, and the ultimate revelation was when he sent his only son to be our Savior. Paul has made reference to this in chapter 2 concerning the law of Moses. They were entrusted with God's message which taught them about salvation, not just for themselves but for the whole world. But they failed to deliver the message. Could we who have received the truth, there's a question for us now, could we who have received the truth We who have multi-versions of God's word today. The complaint was that I opened the Bible, but I can't understand it. I can't read it. I don't know what it means. All those words, I don't know what it means. So God allowed mankind and called men, godly men, To write the scriptures, rewrite it, not taking anything from it, but putting in the language of our day so that we can understand it, so we're without excuse. So could we, who who have these multiple versions of the word, be just as guilty of keeping this glorious message to ourselves, rather than spreading the good news as God requires us to. Because you remember, the great commission, the commission that Jesus gave to the church was to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And that's why we support missions. But never think that everyone in Cold Lake... Knows Jesus Christ as their Savior. Don't think that Alberta, Alberta is no longer the Bible Belt of Canada. We are badly in need of the gospel message. There are people today who have never been in church. They've grown up, they're adults now, and they have never been inside of a church. They don't even know that you're allowed to come. Many people drive this this street across here, and they think that this is probably some secret society or something, that you're not allowed to go in. You'd probably be shot if you went into the door. And others think that maybe lightning would come from heaven and strike them down if they came in because they figure they're not good enough. So it is our responsibility to share this good news wherever we go. But we sort of get ourselves into that rut No one else is doing it. And so if I stay quiet and if I don't say nothing, nobody will make fun of me. No one will harass me. And I'll get through my day's work, no problems, and everything will be okay. But a lot of times we may be doing the very same thing that the Jewish nation did. The truth is, you will find faithfulness and unfaithfulness in every generation, and in every denomination, every church group, you will have it. Romans chapter 3, verses 3 and 4 says, true, some of them were unfaithful, but just because they were unfaithful, does that mean that God will be unfaithful? Of course not. Even if everyone else is a liar, God is true. As the scripture says about him, you will be proved right in what you say and you will win your case in court. Having a knowledge of the truth of God's word alone is not enough to save you. You must believe, trust, and obey what God has said in his word. You can attend church, memorize scripture, attend Bible college. But if you refuse to accept Jesus as your personal Savior, you only have religion. And religion will never get you to heaven. Religion will never give you a relationship, a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Jesus came to replace religion. When Jesus spoke to the religious, he usually was just lambasting them. He would call them such things as hypocrites and vipers. And these were people that were standing up for religion. He was looking for relationships. Jesus came to replace religion with relationship, changing a heart of stone to a heart of flesh, giving you the ability to be able to sense his power and his presence and his love and his mercy and his grace for you, for me. He gives us a heart for the lost and the hurting, and the weak, and the lonely. And sometimes, as born-again believers, we are shamed by the what we would consider to be the ungodly. If a disaster happens anywhere in the world, There are people who have never bowed their knee to Jesus Christ will be first to open their wallets and to go if necessary to foreign lands to help the people that are hurting. And yet the very people that God has have, have called to be the people that would share His love and His compassion, will not do anything at all about it. Loving Jesus and our neighbor and our enemies, being peacemakers rather than causing strife, asking for and extending forgiveness. And sometimes that is lacking even in a congregation where we have people yapping about one another behind their back. The Bible calls it gossip. But it happens and we all fall for it. Somebody tells you something bad about someone else. Rather than say, let's pray about it, or I don't want to hear about that kind of stuff. Let's talk about something good. How can we help this situation? Maybe you're like me. I'm not confrontational, so if I don't agree with it, I just won't say nothing. Hayward is a nice guy. They usually call me humble. <laughs> I'm a coward. I don't speak up when I should. And this is the place where I, this is my platform where I speak for the Lord in this place. But when I speak those words and when I preach these words, it is not because I am doing so good and you're doing so bad. This is what God is laying on my heart to say not only to you, but to me. This is the word of God. I'm preaching you the word of God, what God is saying to his church, what God wants to do for his people. And these words weigh as heavy upon my heart as yours. And when we all leave this place this morning and go to our homes, I'm still struggling with the same things that you are struggling with. I don't know how many times the Holy Spirit has spoken to my heart and reminded me how I have failed in sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ that I use this place where just about everybody is in agreement with the word of God that I preach. And it's easy. But I need to practice this outside these doors as well as you do. I don't know if I'll ever get through this message now because I really... I didn't plan to say this. (laughs) If you've been born again, a born-again Christian for any length of time, and and are not experiencing a change in your personal life, you need to spend some quality time with God. When God puts those checks in our spirit, And when we know he's got our number and he's speaking to us, we need to spend some quality time with him. It is not religion that people need. It's relationship with Jesus Christ. They don't need to know that you're a Pentecostal or an Anglican or a Baptist or an Alliance they need to know that you know Jesus. They need to know that you've got an answer for their problems. You know someone who can touch their lives and change their situation, heal their marriage, heal their loved one, heal them their sick bodies. It's relationship, relationship, relationship. Secondly, our unfaithfulness versus God's faithfulness. Romans chapter 3, verses 5 to 8. But some might say our sinfulness serves a good purpose. For if it helps people see how righteous God is, isn't it unfair then for him to punish us? And Paul just makes this point then. He says, this is merely a human point of view. This is the way that we think naturally. This is not true. Of course not. He says, if God were not entirely fair, how would, we, would he be qualified to judge the world? But someone might argue, how can God condemn me as a sinner if my dishonesty highlights his truthfulness and brings me more glo- brings him more glory? And some people even slander us by claiming that we say, the more we sin, the better it is. Those who say such things deserve to be condemned. Israel was to be a guide of the blind, but they were not. They were to be the light of nations, but they were not. They were to be teachers of righteousness, but they were not. Their unfaithfulness does not nullify God's faithfulness. Even though Israel was being unfaithful, God is still faithful. God still keeps his promise. He is faithful to his promises. I want you to consider this with me. We are in a covenant relationship with God through Jesus Christ, the covenant of his blood. Hebrews calls it a better covenant, a new and a living way. In Hebrews chapter 8, Verses 6 to 19, and I'm reading this from the New King James Version. But now he has obtained a more excellent ministry, inasmuch as he also is also a mediator of a better covenant, which was established on better promises. You notice the new covenant is better. And the promises are better. For if that first covenant had been faultless, then no place would have been sought for a second. Because finding fault with them, he says, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day When I took them by the hand and led them out of the land of Egypt, because they did not continue in my covenant and I disregarded them, says the Lord, for this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord, I will put my law in their mind and write them on their hearts and I will be their God and they will be my people. As Abraham's spiritual children, we have inherited many of the same blessings that was promised to Abraham and to Abraham's seed. In fact, we are Abraham's seed. We're Abraham's spiritual seed, the Bible tells us. Amen? Allow me to remind you That in God's redemptive plan, the wall of separation has been removed. In God's eyes right now, there is no Jew and Gentile. We are all one family in Jesus Christ. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 14, says, He is our peace, who has made both one. Both the Jew and the Gentile are one and has broken down the middle wall of separation. Jesus has made us one through his sacrificial death and resurrection. I would say that because of this new covenant, we have an even greater advantage than they had. We know the truth and we have the truth But what are we doing with it? We have been commissioned to be witnesses of this truth all over the world, to be salt and light to our generation. We do not always honor and glorify God in this great commission. Although millions are being saved millions more could have been saved and could be continue to be saved if we were doing what we should be doing God has entrusted you and I with a message of salvation for the lost and we have to ask ourselves how have we been doing And if we would be honest, I don't think we would like the answer. Even when we are unfaithful in sharing this message, God is still faithful. If you missed an opportunity, let's say last week, this past week, To share your faith with someone you recognize after the fact, oh, I blew it again. I should have said this. I could have said this. I could have done this. Well, don't lose heart. Pray about it. Try again. Maybe that opportunity will never come to you again. Maybe that's just one opportunity you will ever have to witness to that person, but you'll have other opportunities. So determine in your heart, Lord, I'm going to do better the next time. Help me, Lord, to have courage. Help me, Lord, to speak out for you. Third, We all need a Savior. The moral, the self righteous, and the religious are all sinners. Romans chapter 3, verses 9 to 18. Well, then, should we conclude that the Jews are better than others? No, of course not. For we all, for we have already shown that all people, whether Jew or Gentile, are under the power of sin. As the scripture says, no one is righteous, not even one. No one is truly wise, no one is seeking God. All have turned away and become useless. No one does good, not a single one. Their talk is foul like the stench from an open grave. Their tongues are filled with lies. Snake venom drips from their lips. Their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. They rush to commit murder. Destruction and misery always follow them. They don't know where to find peace. They have no fear of God at all. Some people presume upon the grace of God to the point that they have no spiritual boundaries anymore. There are no, there are consequences for that kind of living. But today, more than ever before, this kind of an attitude is creeping into the church. And we need, as individuals, to check our hearts to check our spirits, to check our attitudes and say, Lord, am I lining up with your word? It is as Jesus said it would be in the last days, as in the day of Noah. They were eating and drinking and giving in marriage until the flood came and took them all away. We need a renewed mind and a change of heart. We must confess that we are sinners and ask God to forgive us by accepting Jesus and the sacrifice that he made to wash away our sins. This is followed up by repentance, turning away from all sinful deeds. That's what repentance is. Repentance is not weeping. Repentance repentance is not crying and being so sorry for your sins. Repentance is turning away from that sin. That's why we have baptism. It shows you that something different has taken place in your life. There's been a change. The baptism itself, do not wash away your sins. The baptism is saying you have been baptized in Christ before this event even takes place. There's a lot of people that don't don't understand this. They don't understand how the Holy Spirit enters into you once you say, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. But the Holy Spirit comes to indwell in you at that very moment. People confuse this with the awesome power of the baptism in the Holy Spirit, which is a different thing altogether when you're filled with the Holy Ghost and empowered to do a work of the ministry. This is the only way to be saved, to be born again. No man can come to the Father, Jesus said except through him. He is the way, the truth, and the life. If you believe that you can repeat a simple prayer, listen to this now. want you to hear this, okay? Talk about it at the dinner table. Amen? I don't care. You can even say, I don't believe it. But talk about it. If you believe that you can repeat a simple prayer and walk away and continue the same wicked lifestyle you were living before, you're fooling yourself. You never got saved. You never got born again. There's got to be a change. Jesus died on the cross to change lives. If there's no change in my life, then he died in vain. If he can't change me, he died in vain. The Bible teaches that without holiness, no one shall see God. James teaches that if you hear the word of word and fail to follow what it says, you're deceiving yourself. There is no such thing as eternal security for continuous, willful sin. Now, let me say that. Get it real clear. I'm going to say it slow. Okay? Get this real clear. Because you need to know this. You need to understand it. There is no such thing as eternal security. Now, listen to this. For continuous willful sin. Jesus forgives sin. And we as believers we will sin. And when we sin, we ask him to forgive us. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So we need to stop doing the bad stuff and say, Lord, help me to do the good stuff. I'm sorry when I sin. That's how you keep short accounts with God. God is faithful, and he will forgive, and you must confess and repent. But if you're, you've got the attitude that you can say, okay, I know, I'm, I'm planning, I'm going to do this today, and I know it's not right, I know that I shouldn't be doing it, but I'm going to ask God to forgive me then uh, uh, tonight when I say my prayers. James says, you're fooling yourself. You're fooling yourself. The Bible don't teach you to do that. It teaches you to repent. It teaches you to to keep short accounts with God. Confess your sins and repent. The Bible is crystal clear about our condition before we came to Christ. All of us come from different personal backgrounds. Whatever the case, we were all sinners in need of a Savior. We were separated from any true intimate fellowship with God. That's what we were like. We lacked spiritual understanding of God and His ways. We were spiritual rebels, lacking any fear of God. But that changed when we accept Jesus Christ into our life. Now we are born again from above. Thankfully, the Bible tells us that the miraculous change we need has been secured. The blood of Jesus has cleansed our hearts from all sin. A supernatural work of regeneration has changed our hearts. We're new creations. I'm a brand new man. Amen? That's the power of of the blood of Jesus, because of Jesus, we no longer desire to seek a sinful life, sinful lifestyle. You get that? That's not our desire. We sin, but we don't desire to sin. We fly off the handle. We say unkind things to our spouse or to our children. But that's not our intention. That's not our desire. We want to be good husbands. We want to be good wives. We want to be good children. We want to be good parents. But God has given me the power, the ability to live the life that I desire to live. And just like a baby who gets up and walks a few steps and then falls down, Probably for a whole day, they won't even try it anymore. But then they'll try it again. We've got our, our, a neighbor living above us, and they've got a little child. And, for, and they have a, <clears throat> a, a hardwood floor, I guess, floor up there. They don't have carpet like we've got anyway. And so for, for months, we just heard a, a ball or some, some toy dropping on the floor all the time. That's all we would hear. You know, you, I just imagined that the child was just sitting there and playing with the toy, and it's dropping. But here lately, we've been hearing, you know, the, 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 the un, unsteady steps of a little child beginning to walk. You know, you hear like this. And lately it's been... And before long be just like mom and dad you'll hardly know that they're in the house and that's the way it's with you and I we falter we fall we get up but if we keep at it we're going to get stronger and stronger and some of these things that are big things in our lives right now will not be a problem anymore and that's why we have have these programs, so that you and, and and your loved ones can enjoy the fullness of God's life. As you allow healing to come into your life, you got a problem with anger. Hey, God can take you that, take that from you. You look at me right now and you think, man, you know, like he's so mild. Do you know that I would fly into, before I was born again, I would fly into a rage. And if I hit my thumb or finger with a hammer, that hammer, I had a good throwing arm. I could throw that thing past those doors down there. And the, the words that would come out of my mouth wasn't godly words. I could fly off the handle. In fact, I can, if I allow it, I can be that way right now. I can allow the enemy to grab all of my thoughts or my tongue, and I can say anything. But God has given me control over these things. Sometimes things come into my mind that I could verbalize it, but God has given me control not to say that because that's not right. You see, you, can, you can't control the birds, someone said, from flying over you, over you, over your head, but you can prevent them from building a nest in your hair. I don't have very much to... To make a nest out of right now, but you know, you know the moral of the story, right? God has given you some control, some abilities, and so you need to use it. I've got the clothes right now, <clears throat> so because of Jesus, we no longer desire to seek this sinful lifestyle. And remember that Jesus said to Nicodemus, you must be born again. When you're born again, you're a new man, you're a new woman. This is spiritual new birth, a divine work that God does. You don't do it. God does it. This is the gospel that Paul preached, said that he wasn't ashamed of. It's for everyone who believes. This is how God has kept his promise to crush that old devil, the serpent's head. There's power in the blood of Jesus to save and to heal and to keep. Jesus saves and he keeps and he satisfies. That's an awesome thing, you know, to know that he saves and he keeps. When someone raises their hand and says, I want to become a born-again Christian, and they pray the sinner's prayer. I don't have to worry. I pray for them. But I don't have to worry. Now, how are they going to do? Because the same God who saved them is able to keep them. The Bible says he's able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. You commit your life to him. And he will keep you. As Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter 2 and 5. As sinners we were once dead in sin. But now we have been made alive in Christ. Amen. Without Jesus there's no, not one of us here that is righteous. Not one of us. No one. None of us are faithful. We're all under the power of sin but oh, thank God for the blood. I'm not a sinner anymore. I'm not a sinner anymore. I still fail, but I'm not a sinner. I've been washed in the blood of Jesus. Amen? Without Jesus, we have absolutely no relationship with God whatsoever. But God in his faithfulness provided a Savior, the Son of God, Jesus Christ. And all I have to do is accept what he did. And I'm born again. It is so easy and so simple to become a Christian that people stumble over it all the time. God is faithful. You and I may not consider ourselves to be very faithful sometimes, but God is faithful. And He loves you and He cares for you. Christians, He wants us to band together and be strong in Him and to be united in purpose. That doesn't mean that we all have the same doctrinal ideas. But we all need to have a, a concern and a desire for our community, yeah. for the Lakeland area, wherever you live, whether it's in Pierce Land or La Corrie, Fort Kent, Chair Hill, doesn't matter. It's all a part of this area and we're responsible for it. If we stick together and we pray together and we believe together, we will see a great work done for the Lord because God is faithful. And He will deal with our unfaithfulness If we say, Lord, I know I'm not as faithful as I should be. And you say, Lord, I need help in that area. He will help you. Just because you've been unfaithful doesn't mean that you should remain unfaithful. You need to say, Lord... Give me back my first love. Give me back that desire that I had at one time. I could talk to anyone about Jesus. Uh, just went to uh, McDonald's on Saturday, no Friday, and I was in the went in had something to eat. And when I was coming out. Mary Ann was on the cash there, serving there. And she says, hi, pastor, how are you doing? Have a good day. And then she said, I'll see you on Sunday. You know, that just touched my heart. Someone who in the crowd is not afraid to say, hey, that's my pastor there. And I'll be in church this Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. doesn't take very much, you know. Just letting the world know who you are and what you stand for. God is faithful. Heavenly Father, I just pray right now that you would just minister. No, we've took a bit of time here this morning, but I believe that. You have spoken. Let your presence just fill this auditorium. Let every heart receive from you today, from your word. Let us not soon forget that God is faithful. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Lord bless you. Have a great day in Jesus. If you need any prayer whatsoever, you need to know the Lord as your Savior. If you need healing in your body, whatever your request may be, come, we'll pray for you. Enjoy the rest of the day. Amen. You have been listening to a Cold Lake Community Church podcast. We hope that you've been blessed by this teaching from Cold Lake Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families connect.